Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages on the Track This Out podcast. Their continuing mission to explore toilet humour with occasional insights in their reviews. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Space Blackpool. Starring Bob as Captain Bobard, Andrea as Six of Nine, John as the friendly ship counsellor, Space Bear, Lindsay as Dr. Telezoff, and Sucky as the old squeaky tepid turbo lift, only used to eject crew pools. He used to be a space visitor, apparently. This is Trek This And a very warm welcome to the Star Trek Review Podcast. Track this out. I'm your host, Bob. Uh, joining me on the bridge are Lindsay, John, Andrea and Sucky. On this podcast, we'll be reviewing the second of the Kelvin timeline films, Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, we'll be giving our lights out of five to the story, reading out your feedback, voting for this week's red shirt and having some daft laughs along the way. So it's time to engage the warp drive and let's get involved. is safe. It is an illusion. I have no idea what any of you think of this film, so we're going to get some first vibes. And I'm going to come to you first, Andrea, for me. When did you first watch this and what are your thoughts? Um, Give us a vibe. I didn't see this in the cinema. Um, it just didn't happen for various reasons. So I, the first time I watched it was pretty much when it was released to, to be sort of viewed at home. Um, yeah. It's a difficult one because if I think about it as some kind of Wrath of Khan remake, then I'll not have necessarily that generous things to say. Um, mm. But I think if you just take it as its own film, um, personally, I don't mind it. Um, it's sort of the second instalment that follows that pattern of original films, um, which obviously runs out of steam because, you know, a, a search for Spock's pretty low stakes when he's just buggered off for a bit. Um, see Discovery Season 2 for, for that plot line if you want it. Um, so I think if I judge it as a Wrath of Khan remake, I, I, I think that it's not going to fill those enormous boots. Yes. Um, but I think if I just watch it as a, its own thing, I quite like it. And I quite liked yeah. it at the time. Um, so I, I think whereas sort of Star Trek, I liked it a lot better this time. I think my feelings are quite similar about this one. Did, uh, did you not go to pictures with TJ Hooker and watch this one then? No, TJ Hooker was off the scene by this point. I'd like <laughs> Maybe it was just like that relief of like not having to deal with uh, TJ Hooker. Um, he'd rolled roll one too many hoods. Uh, so I'm going to put that in the tepid camp, I think. Uh, Sucky, have you finished reading your booklet now? To tell us your what opinions. Booklet? What booklet was that? You were reading a Doctor Who booklet from the new series eight, season eight Blu-ray box set. No, no, I'm fully today. concentrating on this podcast. Or I was. Want, yeah, want your f- All right, that's the first time for everything. Giving us your full attention. So, it's okay. Your first vibes, please. Yeah, same as Andrea. Really, uh, if you think of it as a Rathacon remake, then it's got problems. But if you just look at it as as its own little thing, it's an enjoyable film. You, you, I do like. Um, the, the bridge crew, the the, uh, the crew that they like. 
I wasn't that bothered with Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of Khan, right? Uh, but having watched it again, it's not. It's okay. It's not. It's not great. It's not bad. It's. It's just okay. So yeah, yeah it's you're gonna say it's gonna be tepid. It's gonna be tepid. tepid. Pair of tepids, Lindsay. I bet you've got a piece to say. Don't I Give always? Give us your vibe. Don't I Give always? Give us your vibe. Um, Okay, so let's just address the giant elephant in the room because we can't go. There's that's... always a giant there's elephant. There's no giant in the room, elephant to everybody. No, 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 to be fair, there are two giant elephants. The second one I will there's come two. to later. The first one is Khan and the casting thereof. Um, I think it's safe to say that casting a Mexican of Spanish descent as a North Indian Sikh back when Khan was originally cast was not fantastic. Um, I think casting the whitest man in the history of white men um, as Khan the second time around even worse however that said controversial opinion number one i think this is a better film than wrath of khan <gasps> i certainly enjoy it much more and she doesn't like firefly why does why do we have her on the podcast why well, do we, we need have somebody to red shirt in the first two minutes know, of the pod we, don't we jesus you, you've done very well to, uh, because you up on something though khan yeah. is more a muslim then than is a seat now I, I, yeah, that may well be true. Um, my understanding was yeah. the character was written as a North Indian Sikh. That that may be incorrect. Not for that but... film, he was. Not for this film, he wasn't. Though was he? No, he uh, was written as a. As a... Originally. Oh right, sorry. We're not doing that. They're not continuous. It's not contiguous things. It's a different thing, isn't it? Different thing. Uh, oh, I, I think no so, matter the matter where which... we, <laughs> yeah. we vibe-wise, that's what I want to know, Lindsay. I love it. I, I really enjoyed this film. It may just have been where I was, but I think it was a really good film. Amazing. So better than the original. The second elephant I'll come to later. That is incredible. Two tepids in a fucking wow, John. Uh, I'm relatively tepid. I preferred um, the 2009 Star Trek to this. I think, uh, and also I think it was slightly ruined by somebody pointing out that the engineering deck scenes are Budweiser factory. And as soon yeah. as somebody let me know that, every time I saw it, it's like shit. That's just a fucking factory someplace. Well, I did not know that. No, That's good no, it was all right. I don't like the plot. The plot was a bit stupid, and uh, and I didn't like uh, Khan. I didn't like the way he acted. That he was overacting it, and it was doing my nothing. So I'm relatively tepid. I could still enjoy it because it's nice sci-fi. But yeah, yeah, fair, fair dues. Uh, well, I'm gonna be sort of three tepids. I'm in Lindsay's camp. I'm not gonna say this is better than the original Khan film, The Wrath of Khan, uh, but I love it. I, I think for me personally, because we're doing the the third one, Star Trek Beyond, as our next podcast, that I thought this was again, it was just an upgrade. And I went to pictures to watch it, and I screamed when he went Khan. Um, and yeah, I just fucking every time I watch these these two films, I am absolutely buzzing, and I was buzzing again. I don't even think of off the car when I'm watching it. I just I just associate when he said Khan, I was like, oh cool, he said Khan. Um, I, I never associate the two really. Um, and there's a nice little hack and little bits of taken from it, which we'll get into. But no, I just see it as his own awesome action movie film. It's great. Right, lovely. Could be an interesting one. It's time to put some space meat. On the space oh. bone. Is it shit? Space meat on the space bone. Space meat on the space bone. Space meat upon the space bone. Space meat on the space bone. 
Space meat on the space bone. John, please put some space meat on my space bone. So this is me asking questions of the other members of the podcast, yeah? That is correct. That's the right, one. Cool. Because I'm just like, there's a number of different scenarios that we have to prepare for, and I'll get mixed up which ones there. So, uh, yeah. Right, Andrea, what was the last food you ate that you squeezed lemon juice onto? Um, none. Level lemons are the devil. If anyone <laughs> says they put them on a pancake, that's like game over. Like, well, I was thinking not- kebab for some reason, but it never happened. So never mind. <laughs> Okay, lemons are delightful and have a place in many important places. Nah. You're not allowed an opinion, Andrea, because uh, she's spoken. <laughs> Honestly, right, like fruit, like when people put like chods of fruit in fizzy pop, it's a crime. Like, why are you putting that like wedge of lemon in me Diet Coke? Go away. Um, it's not quite the crime uh, that fruit and meat is. I've got to say it, fruit with meat is like, that's like... No. That's dirty. Imagine right. a banana on a kebab. No, like I'm thinking like, like pork and apple sauce, ham and pineapple, uh, like turkey oh, and cranberry. It's like, get your fruit oh, away from lovely. that meat. <laughs> no, sultanas and meatballs is like the greatest invention <laughs> in the world. Honestly, oh, if I get coronation like I'm like with tweezers picking all the sultanas out. <laughs> get away, get away from me, chicken. Meatball and sultanas, I like that idea. Sultanas and um, anything with like a, an Italian tomato sauce is super good. I mean, I'd prefer, I'd, my, preference, my preference would always just be the meat, but, you know, I was going to spice it up with it, some fruit. Um, yeah, possibly. But I, I'm liking your passion, Andrea. Yeah. So I, Andrea passion, passionately detests fruit. Right, okay. We've I don't. A little bit I like there. fruit, just not with meat. Uh, meat, put, no, no. Put pot. some space meat onto those bones, so that's oh, good. Wait, literally, literally, John. So, Bob, with it being International Women's Day, would you like a bigger ass? <laughs> I was, do you know what I was? I was uh, thinking. I mean, about this are today. you happy with your ass? Would you like it a bit bigger? I'm. I've got. I'm taut. I am. That's one thing about me is I've been I've jogging. I've seen your ass. It's not that taut. But, but no, it is taut. I got. I got a when little. When have you seen his ass? Because he bends over a lot when he's fucking putting bandy equipment away. <laughs> I would yeah. like yeah. to officially register a complaint about this question. What now? Well, what, fucking what? hell. What, what's wrong? What's not wrong? your question, Andrew. Uh, Lindsay, Andrea. So I'm not the only one. You're the sucky. Nice. Uh, uh, Imagine no, a woman presenter be quiet. <laughs> uh, it's not like we sound different or have different opinions or, you know. Uh. God, Some of us are much better just, behaved than the others. And, can we just uh, cancel this year? Can we just cancel the whole thing? <laughs> so, in reference to my ass, John, I, yeah. I find it tart. So I, I got spanked on it today a little bit, just as a, just as a bit of playful manner, and it went, Psh, you know, like the firmness of the. Psh. So mm. it was very much like that, and I was like, oh, I'm quite impressed by that, and I've not really worked for that much. Just a, what about four jogs or something last week. So, who spanked you, Bob? Uh, Alfred. He just gave me a little spank and I was like, oh, yeah. It's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, I mean, there's other elements, you know, like my beer, beer belly could do with a bit more torting. Not bothered about that. He's yeah, not, not talking about your beer belly. Uh, no. Boom. I'm, no, I'm very, very pleased with my bottom. Thank you, John. I'm, I'm happy with the way it is. Oh, good. So thank you for your interest and concern in my ass. I'm not concerned or interested, Bob. It's just a fucking question. <laughs> I mean, I don't care, to be honest with the answer. All right, 
Okay. Oh. Okay. Kumquat is a fruit with a cool name. Spell it. Q U A Q U A M A T. No, it's I T. You're wrong. Right. Who cares? Who cares? I. Whom do you love the most? That's a very open question. It entirely is, yes. Well, it's a practicing question. There's an obvious answer to that. Um, as a new aunt, there is an easy answer to that. Um, however, How I'm going to take you've a... never met him? I have. <laughs> I have been for walks with him and everything. It's very exciting. Sounds, sounds weird. <laughs> walks and everything. Everything. Two yeah, adults from two households meeting up for exercise. What? Totally legitimate. <laughs> um... To be fair, the other adult was my sister. She just happened to have an infant mother. Um, I know, he's adorable. Uh, speaking of small people, one of my friends sent me a picture of her We one having just, I think, massacred some uh, beetroots, some of puree of some description. And not only is she covered in red that oh, looks remarkably shit. like blood spatter, she has got the most villainously disinterested stop me if you can face on her. And it is delightful I can Kids vouch get... for the, the, that image I have seen that image and like yeah it sounds terrifying it, it, it kind of is it, it, it kind of is I will share it with you later just for pure comedy value um, oh, in any please. case um, who do I love the most uh, Alan Rickman oh, oh yeah nice cause while we're on baby news Alfred did his first steps by the way oh, yes. like, oh. fell over well done yeah he was a uh, it, it, you, know, you know, like the, the one-leg stagger when you're drunk? It was like that a little bit, you know, and then he fell over. Um, so I was quite proud of him. I think he was trying to do an impression of me. But I was, it was very happy. Very, I didn't. I thought, oh, I won't be that bothered, but I was dead bothered. It was amazing. He's probably seen anyway, it so many times. He's, he could get it down like just like that, couldn't he? What, pissed walking? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, you see very good examples. I mean, he's also seen the shit-yourself walking sample as well, so... <laughs> Anyway, so we get on with this podcast. Right, let's get in this uh, review in deep. You're listening to the Track This Out podcast, and we are reviewing the second in the Kelvin Timeline movie films, Into Darkness. We've got a bit of tepid going on, but we have some mega positives, but also controversial mega positives, because it's Lindsay. I'm going to come to you first. Kick us off with your Hi. elephants in the rooms. Uh, so, so, yes. So if we move away from Khan, because I think you just kind of have to accept that and move on. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch does feel a little bit like I can't get the timeline right in my head. He's either practicing smog for when he does smog. Um, smog. Smog. What's 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 smog? It the dragon from the Hobbit. Um, because there are definitely oh, moments oh, when he has like the same kind of like dragony like epicness going on, um, or he's just come off doing that and he hasn't quite got rid of it yet. One or, one or the other. Um. No, I really enjoyed this. And again, it may just have been the space I was in. And I will openly acknowledge that because I am not a huge fan of uh, William Shatner and his Kirk, um, that may be why I've enjoyed it. But like, I loved I loved the flipped. I love the fact that we got Spock doing quite a lot of the stuff that Kirk does in, in Wrath yeah. of Khan. And that, you know, Kirk has Spock's kind of sacrificial moment. Um, I, th- I just, I really enjoyed it. Like, there are definitely ridiculous things. There are massive plot holes. Like, why is this person here doing that? But there always is. Um, the other issue I had, which is a fairly significant one, was once again, not really great with the women. 
they're just not. Um, Swapper this time. So I did a quick head count while I was watching. Um, so there are two characters who have more than two lines who are female. Um, so you've got Uhura, whose yeah. primary plot points involve her relationship with Spock. She does speak some Klingon. Like, she does have a mm. moment when she speaks Klingon, so there's definitely at least a scene where she does something that does not involve her relationship oh. with Spock. Yeah. Um, and Carol Marcus, who appears in her underwear for literally no reason other than to prove that Kirk... She was getting changed. She was getting changed. Yeah, but and there, was she also no, there, was, there was literally no need for that changing scene uh, uh, other uh, than uh, for uh, Kirk uh, to look around and see her in her underwear. Uh, yeah, but you just say that as Kirk looking around to see... Uh, in, this, um, in this film, I genuinely do see a massive development in the maturity of Kirk. This is the film where he becomes... He goes from silly boy to man. But, so, so, what, so, what, so what value did her being seen in her underwear and him turning around and seeing her? What, what did that because add to the it plot? Just, it, said, it said he's still immature. He's still a pervert. Yeah, he's, he said he's, his microphone's still muted. No, he's so not. one of the... One, two, three, four, five... One of the seven women, seven, count them, seven women, um, who weren't <laughs> just straight background even characters. Even women watch. Um, or right. two of them. That, that is a little bit of... First off, it's a little bit of a, a curse of the original casting that they had to do that, I think. It didn't help that they didn't address it right. The Carol Marcus thing is fucking unforgivable. Thank you. That was just... That was like product placement, almost. It was just ridiculous. It's sticking, and it didn't make any sense no. thematically... Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it, not I mean, because I think if you're watching it and you kind of you have that wider grasp of, of what's going to happen in that, in certainly in the other timeline, obviously, like Carol Marcus is going to become the mother of his child. So is it just a little bit of a trill like these are going to fuck? I think it's cheap titillation. It is. It is. But is that not the kind of like we need to drop this hint in Could somewhere, be, like yeah. and, and they've done it with a hammer, but. Then let them, let them have let them develop a meaningful relationship then, rather than just have a, a strip off. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm pleased I didn't see that. I just saw it as this is Kirk Kirk's the lame, mature kind of. Not captain. about him, no. It, it's not, and like I think so. For me, like I totally get the original cast is predominantly male, and there would have been World War Three if they had like recast McCoy as a woman. <laughs> like there would have been World War Three. <clears throat> now I think they could have done it, and they could have found somebody to do it well. But the cast they have got are great. But like there are lots of other places where they've just not even tried. So like at the massive um, gathering of the captains and the first officers, I spotted oh, literally one woman in twelve. One woman out of twelve, like at various points, there just there just aren't any women in any of the important conversations. But I was going to say, but would you not feel that would be a token gesture? If there was, just no, that because part. I would no, like to no, think by no, the 21st century, no, should it be at no, least 50 no, 50? No. Yeah, even I've got a back Lindsay up there. Right. Yeah, there is absolutely no reason yeah. for that. Yeah, there was. There uh, should have been at least half of that table, there should have been at least uh, women there. Right. Yeah, and, and, uh, this is supposed to be a progressive society. Yes. This is, this yeah. is uh, what, hundreds yeah. of years in the future, women should, by now should either be on top. Or, or I should say, there should be the more women at that table, or, or uh, not, not more, you know, women or, on top of that table. Shut up! <laughs> are they really like? And you know what they mean? Missing Lindsay's point. No, no, not at all. And like you know, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg famously said, "When will it be enough?" Well, when there's an entire Supreme Court that is all female because it's been all male for so long. Like I, th I think we have to get past this idea that having a a woman in the mix is enough. In any case. I will I will acknowledge that and I will move past it because outside of that I just really enjoyed it as a film. Um, 
and like I think it's important to acknowledge that and I think it's important to, to hold creators to account on that but then we can get on and see other things so yeah um, other random questions um, so I kind of <laughs> love that St Paul's still exists in, in London I kind of love that like we had a little like St Paul's was I, like nestled in amongst did, all the new that, buildings that's one thing I did love was that whole it, it, it brought a bit of realism to a degree to it like at the end with Spock when he runs he's running through the, the street if you like and you've still got a bit of old with the modern but that particular yeah the London one especially for his Brits um, but, but there were also some really odd things like there's still union flags like there was the, they like they approached like a hotel or something and there was like two union flags and a ufp one what's a union flag uh, what a union jack yeah. would be when it's not on yeah. a boat yes oh i don't like the flag like flags in British I'm, flag. I'm not, uh, I'm is not the purpose of that not to just signpost where this is happening for people who are a bit like thick as mints and I it's like sticking a red bus uh, a red double-decker bus in there just to make people know that it's London. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was quite interesting, given that we're supposed to be far enough into the future that, like, nationhood has shifted quite a lot. No, but people people yeah. might still harken back. It's only, what, 100 and something years ago, 150 years in the future, isn't it? So people may we still... You've seen, like that. you've seen it, like, I think, I think an example of that would be uh, people still flying the Confederate flag hundreds of years after losing that war and not being... Oh, we, we all know that there's no problems with that. <laughs> well, that's how people are. True you don't facts. expect everybody to be, you oh, know, fully minded enough. Yeah. We currently don't live in a utopian or a pseudo-utopian we're society. Far, far from it, Lindsay, we do. I honestly yeah. think the purpose is just for, like, dipshits watching so they know what country it's happening in. I don't think it's got any deeper significance than that. Yeah, I think no, you're right. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to as well interject here. Well, now we're on to on the London section that we get to see Mickey Smith, Noel Clark, uh, in a big blockbuster on the screen, which I thought was great. I know he didn't particularly have much to do, but he did murder um, a bunch of people. So I was going to say, apart do. from murder a bunch of people, and uh, just yeah, and I, I quite I did like that. It was really quick as well. The fact that they show him being a dad kind of as his basically his like his, his daughter to to live for what he's about to do, which is, you know, it's something very serious. Both things are very serious, and you can kind of get a little bit of empathy, a little bit of empathy for why he did it. Um, I'd just like to see Mickey Smith in it. I really like that. I just... I don't know if you going to say something. Sorry, Andrea, you I was, go I was you just going to say, I just wrote Mickey from Doctor Who and Starfleet being slightly less of a funny. With <laughs> 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 my notes on Mickey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mickey, you're a fanny. All right, I'm just going to blow up this building then. I'll show you. That's I did write Mickey slash Ricky. I was like, which one is this? Uh, Mickey, Ricky, of course. Yeah, he could have been the bad... The ba He's more Ricky, isn't he? He's more of a badass one. Um, but no, I like that. And I, I love... I'll tell you what I did like. At the, the very beginning was just a, a little bit of an adventure that was nothing to do with this, this story. A bit James Bondy. But I quite like that. Just a little bit of something. And I loved the fact the Enterprise was under the water naval submarine-esque kind of thing even the noises and it felt proper submarine-y um, I really enjoyed that as well, the beginning was good fun We're going to talk about the beginning, we have to talk about Spock's extreme dramatic death pose <laughs> <laughs> like he's kneeling on the lava like with his arms out in a Titanic-esque kind of like it, it's it's yeah it's it's Lord of it's the Rings and the Mound of Kazakh Doom, like, but yeah, on steroids. You got to you got to look at it. It's his last moments. He's decided to do it. It's probably his human side maybe taken over, and he's decided to actually just go with that dramatic. He's just pose. a pre Madonna, isn't he? <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was a, a lot of. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of um, 
it's box human side in this coming out, which I kind of quite liked. Again, play with a little bit of turmoil, but the thing I particularly liked about Spock is when he runs, his fringe is weird. Because <laughs> you get like a, a undershot, I don't know what you call it. So he's really long, but you see the fringe just at the side flipping out. <laughs> yeah, I, quite, I don't know why that made me laugh. Like, fuck, I've no idea why. Oh, I'm an immature boy, but it was, uh, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. I did, anyway, I did spot that too. Um, it was cool. While we're in London, we also get a royal hospital, which I thought was quite interesting. Again, just a call back to the UK, yeah. Oh, the Royals. Um, John, you look like you've got a piece to say. Nope. No, no, what, that was a that was just a breath then, was it? Yeah, I was, I was just checking. I was just breathing and all that, that shit. Was, John was just yeah. breathing for the uh, for the audio people. Andrea. Um, I think in terms, I know we've kind of touched on the sort of Khan casting and things and sort of controversy aside. I think he makes a good psychopath. I, I never sort of lack belief that he would put you in a soup as soon as look at you. Um, and I suppose that casting probably, because I didn't know, like I didn't know that reveal was coming. And I think it probably gave you less chance of guessing that that was what was going to happen. Um, I think where it loses on what you get in Wrath of Khan is I struggle with his motivations because I think in... In Wrath of Khan, it's very personal. You can understand why he hates Kirk and he wants Kirk to die. And, you know, he, you know, if someone had left me and all my mates on some shit old planet or something for a really long time, like, you, you would go ballistic. And it's it sort of, it, it takes something away because it, it, his beef is with Starfleet in, in a much more generic way. Um, and it seems too big and too extreme. I'm, I'm sure there are, are, are probably easier ways to get his mates back, right? It seems like he's, he's kind of going the long way around to, to kind of accomplish that. Um, and I think without that personal sort of angle, I, I think the story probably loses some of that, that kind of tension. Like, he, like I, I think that, yeah, he's like pissed off and stuff. But if he just kind of wants to get his mates back and, and kind of go off and do his own thing, I don't necessarily think that's the way we'd go about it. So it seems like this big extreme, like, I'll show you. But actually... It's it's it's, it's, it's all focused at the Badmiral, isn't it? Badmiral, Badmiral Marcus, rather than the Kirk thing. That Because uh, that's another... Because obviously you've got the history from Space Seed, haven't you? In the Wrath of Khan. Whereas this, they have no history. And it's more him focused on what... Admiral Marx has done by waking up to make these weapons and he's got he's his been crew manipulated, as isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but, it, but at well. no point does Khan really set out to get Kirk in this. Like, I think, and maybe it's because. He has no history with Kirk, if you see what I mean. Yeah, but that, that's not. Like that's not his motivation. Like, his mot- like, he doesn't at any stage, like, specifically go out to get Kirk. No, no, he doesn't. No, no. Um, he goes. He goes for the admiral, uh, yeah, admiral yeah. Marcus. Who who could have been a woman? I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, like, could have been. Yes. Yeah. Um, like there, like there's no reason that that couldn't have worked equally well. Um, but yeah, no, and I think I think that's where you have to kind of take the step back. Like for me, the the problem comes. I don't understand. Like if he had sequestered away his people on the the torpedoes or on the missiles, and the admiral didn't know that, then I don't understand why he thought they had been killed. Like that, that's the bit that I don't get. Like I don't understand why he kind of started out on his rampage. Uh, well, basically, he got brought out with cryosleep or whatever it was yeah. by the by the bad to obviously make weapons of mass destruction to start a massive war. Yeah, but then he managed to sequester his people away. Did he? Did he? Did he? Did yeah, because he? he was the one who invented He's the missiles the and hid the, the people in the missiles. So he right. had, he had hidden them. I I don't know. Anyway, I don't like, know. That's it's one of those point. things that I'm like, meh. I don't really care because it was good sci-fi. 
Uh, or like it was good adventure action or whatever. Do you know what? This is the first time I picked up on Benedict Cum- Cumberbatch playing a, playing it as a panto villain, a bit Anthony Early kind of master esque. Or, um, or, or Alan Rickman. Maybe that's why Alan, I enjoy it I was, so much. I was, I was gonna say. I mean, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's an incredible actor. And I, I love this performance. I didn't even again. I wasn't thinking of Khan. The only time I got excited, I, I didn't know the pictures that it was he was playing Khan. So when he did say Khan halfway through, or whatever, I absolutely shit myself. I was absolutely oh, like just ah, um, but. I really enjoyed him, sucky. The thing, the thing. I know you're saying that you didn't pick up, but for months before the, after this product, uh, while the production was going on, and before the film was actually released, there was loads of stuff in the uh, the papers and newspapers and uh, in the media saying that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was playing Khan, right? It just wasn't announced by the by Paramount or Honestly, Bad Robot. That's another benefit of ignoring all media is the fact I didn't know that. Uh, a bit of information. I, gen- I genuinely didn't, and I'm really happy I didn't because it made it made the film a lot more exciting in that middle bit. And even now, I still harken back to the goosebumps I got when he revealed himself. Because I didn't particularly love the first Star Trek film at the time, I probably didn't go hunting for, for sort of spoilers, or I kind of knew it was being made, and I kind of had a rough idea who was going to be in it and things, but I didn't really read anything about it. It just kind of went under me. I think it was just at a, a point in life where I had a lot of other things going on, so it, it and I, I wasn't desperate for those kind of spoilers and those bits of information. Um, so I, I didn't know one of the first time oh. I watched it. And it's interesting because, like, I knew I knew that that's who it was, but and again, I didn't see it in the cinema. I, I watched it at home, but I kind of came at it from a perspective of I knew there had been some controversy in the casting, not, and I knew that people were upset about the fact that it was a remake of, or it was it was using a character and a plot sort of um, that had already been used. But because I don't have a particular affinity or kind of fondness for most of the TOS films, I, I wasn't bothered by that. No. I thought it was just quite an interesting, different take on a, you know, a character that's appeared twice in Star Trek, but obviously, you know, to fandom he means a lot. And and rightly so, he's a quite fascinating, interesting character. Um, That's for sure. Um, Anyway, we'll have a little break, because it's time for Fact Trek Yourself. Fact Trek Yourself! Backtrack yourself, Sucky. Furnish us with three statements about yourself. Right. Uh, we are going to aim to guess the incorrect one. Right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right these are all uh, sort of vehicle things. Um, but, uh, vehicle my... things. I've only ever been involved in four accidents while I've been in air driving. Well, not while, while I've been in a car, I should say. Uh, there's been like uh, only four. Four's a lot, sucky. So shush, will you? <laughs> Just, four, <laughs> right? But uh, one was uh, a car crash on the motorway, M6 motorway. Another was my daughter going into the back of somebody. Uh, another one was me skidding and into the back of a vi- uh, van. And uh, another was one was like me reversing off a drive straight into my brother's car because he was reversing onto the drive. So, uh, that's so one. we're gonna find oh, the no, no, that was oh, all right. Sorry, okay. I thought that was gonna be the whole thing was name your car accident. No, um, actually, <laughs> no. Uh, but then uh, <laughs> that's one number. That's my first uh, fact. 
second fact. Um, I once got three points uh, for speeding, even though it's in the copper on the way down to pick my brother up from work, and then on the way back, I forgot he was there, and I ended up getting three points for speeding. Um, and my third and final fact is taking me three times, took me three three attempts to pass my driving test. There's only going to be three out of these because I've come three. Yeah. So three. One, one is loads of different things you've been in your accident because apparently only four is not a lot. It's only four. Um, it's not really, you know, I've been that, driving for over I, 30 years. I've been driving, well, on, on and off, I had a short break from driving because I got... Uh, uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, because you drove your car off into a field while pissed, Bob, yeah? Yes, John, I did. <laughs> yeah. I rolled it real good, good and proper. Good job, good job. I did, I did. I was very young. In fact, I came around your house yes, you straight, yes, straight after that, didn't I? Yeah. Mm. How long oh, have yeah, you guys known each other? A long time. <laughs> I mean, look at John. John's only 30. <sighs> uh, but yeah, that's why he looks really old. So, um, I mean, the first one, all of the different car accidents, it sounds... That sounds a bit too informed. I feel like he points. almost decided that that those were like guess the one that's wrong though. Oh no, I do as well. Which makes oh. me feel like maybe one of those is not correct. Well, I wondered oh. if it was that kind of like, um, would I lie to you? The more detail someone gives, yeah. the more I sometimes think it's like fabricated to make it sound true. Um, and the other ones you re reversed into your brother when he was re reversing into a drive or something. No, that's like part of that. Uh, oh, right. Like the, like the Trucker Brothers. To me, to you. So he's got four accidents. He's got three points for speeding or three attempts to pass. Oh, he's packed them all with numbers so he can just try and trick <laughs> us into doing this. All right, welcome I see. To, welcome, welcome to Slightly Boring Top Gear with me, Sucky. Um, what? Shut up. I'm, 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 I'm the first one. First one. Yeah. Yeah, I would go for the first one too. The only, the only thing attempts. I was thinking was, did he take the points or do the speed awareness course? Oh, of course. Yes. Speed awareness course is always a... How fast were you going, Sucky, in that speeding thing? That was 42 in a 30 miles zone. We've not got the speed awareness course, Andrew, you see. No. Got 10% over 33 mile an hour. I've, I've done three of the fucking courses, I know. That was over... <laughs> this was over... Oh, my God, you. This was over 400 years ago. <laughs> um, so... I didn't think horse and carts could go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> Wee! Uh, well, at least they'd be ready to wheel by that point, I suppose. Aren't they? Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are we gonna go into one being wrong, Andrea? I yeah, yeah I think one because I, I think there was it was too de detailed, but also the fact that you had to read those details. Like I would remember, <laughs> I've only been in one car accident, but I remember it very, very vividly. Um, so I'm gonna go with one. Uh, it's okay. Put us out of our misery of oh, your car. You're all going one. Yeah. Which was the four accident. Those four all accidents all happened. Of course they did. Back in the days when I was, uh, when you get so many people into a car, we all went up to, uh, <laughs> you know, this is uh, early, late 70s, early 80s. There's about 10 of us in the car. Right, and we all travelled up on the <laughs> motorway and we crashed. My uh, brother, who lives next door, he crashed. Right, so uh, we ended up in the uh, the, the flipping ten door. of you. Yeah, ten what of us. What car was it? We were all kids. There was loads of kids in the car. Oh, there was wow. about uh, about five adults and about half a dozen kids. What so I have a really vivid memory of the one time I was in a car with six people, four of whom were under the age of ten, 
like that is like a really really clear memory in my mind because it was never something that was allowed to happen yeah no no yeah. As I say, oh, all the kids were in each uh, you know all in the adults laps because that's the only way you ain't gonna take three cars down to leicester you was all flipping one car everybody oh, piled in i was back in the day Aye. and then okay. um i skidded in the on uh, some ice and went into the back of a van. The reversing, yeah. that one definitely happened because that was me and my brother. Right? <laughs> me, Both coming you. off the drive, to one you. coming off the drive and the other one coming in and we just went <laughs> bang straight into the back of each other. And then my daughter pranging in the car because we're just leaving Ikea, coming up to a roundabout. Ikea. And there's no cars there, right? So she thought that she'd carry on going, but the, oh, a car stopped at the roundabout and she just went right. straight into the back of it. She started crying. And the driver got out of the car, looked at his car, looked at her crying, and he just went. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't stop, but he just went. Well, oh, the uh, yeah. the the one that's actually wrong is I passed my test first time. All right, well done, it's okay. I will respond. Perhaps you shouldn't have. That's why I, I did all the other ones before I put that one in because I knew. Yeah. Where, where did you get your Where did you get your license in? We went in a fucking raffle or something. No, no, right. no, no. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a little bright. He's got a mate that does them. <laughs> he's got a mate that does them. The dodgy wolf raptor wizard. Well, thank and you for that. North Allerton. Yeah. Mm. Now, now we now we'll, now we'll hand over to the stick. And welcome back to the Star Trek Review Podcast. Check this out. We're reviewing the Star Trek film Into Darkness. Um, right, let's kick on again with this in-depth review. I'll come to you first. Uh, Andrea, kick us off. Um, I think we've kind of briefly mentioned it. Um, I think the kind of Kirk, Spock, Death swap out, um, I think they were done quite well. I think it worked relatively well. Um, I'm not sure it was as impactful uh, as kind of first time around. And I think if you're familiar with those scenes, you kind of, they did follow it quite closely in a lot of ways. Um, it, even down to some shots, I, I, I think were quite like, it, it seemed like a bit of a sort of, sort of respectful nod and then a bit more. Um, what I did think was the kind of get out of jail kit free card was really heavily signposted in that film. Yeah. Like I didn't know that was yeah, going to happen, but the second yeah. it happened, I thought, oh yeah, they've took that like goo out yeah. of that card and that's revived the trouble. We, we know what's going to happen here. Um, and to be fair, Kirk was only dead for like five minutes. Um, and, and first time round, Spock was like actually like totally like dead, like yeah. he's fucking dead. Like Spock is no man. more. It wasn't one of those kind of. It felt like more of a fake out, um, which I think kind of knocked some of the impact compared to sort of when they've done it previously. Um, but I think yeah. it was quite well done. Um, yeah, everyone's I fighting. Think, I, to, I everyone's fighting to pull in on this point. I think it's a big part of the film, Lindsay. Yeah, so I think like there are a couple of things there. I think the first one is that. As somebody who came into to Wrath of Khan knowing that Spock died and was then alive again by the end of the next film, like I, I think unless you watched that when it was originally released and you genuinely thought they'd killed him, like th- that 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 loss is is no more impactful than this one was. Um, my bigger issue is the fact that what's wrong with the superhuman blood of the seventy-two people they've already got on the ship, like. Yeah, but it, that, there's an extra 20 minutes left to need to put, fill in the film. Yeah, and, and they need, like, like, a James Bond, cast. like, rescue, yeah. like, slash Spock getting his proper it's, fight on. They've not they've not given the consent. And I think uh, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is a baddie, so he gets he automatically... Uh, but gets the, other thing as well, the other thing as well might be, it's 
because it all cryogenically frozen, it might take a bit of a while to be able to get them back up to where well, well, getting their yeah. blood circulating to be able yeah. to draw blood. And, and to be fair, Suki is the closest to having anything That's, that could almost yeah. be considered an actual thing. Like, the second, like, <laughs> and if you're going to go down that route, like, so they use it once yeah. on Jim Kirk, and then they just put it in the box <laughs> and never talk about yes. it ever again. Everybody else who dies, tough fucking luck. I think, I mean, I do. It's a it's a cool kick-ass scene, and that's basically what, what we get. Oh yeah, a yeah. Bit yeah. Of, but Spock anger and and all that, and Uhura coming down as well. Boom, 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 and it's just super cool. I just, yeah, because because he does. I think Andrew touched it before. He, the severity of what Khan can do and his capabilities is just immense. Like particularly the scenes where they're, when they're going through with Kirk and Scotty, and they're going through the ship. Uh, bad role Marcus's ship and he's just kicking ass can all the time he's like just awesome mega but I love the fact he came up against Spock and we know Spock's a bit stronger and I love the Vulcan grip scene as well when it, that's the sort of did a bit to him and all that I just think yeah it's thought it was the really thing, cool action the scene that I particularly liked with Spock in it was when uh, Kirk is down in engineering and all fucked uh, and he and he says yeah Bones phones up Spock and says get down here and to be fair to him, and it, it shows the character progression from the last film to make him actual friend. He doesn't hesitate and he pegs it the fuck down there as fast as he can. And I appreciated that emotional connection that it was uh, underlining. And, and, and the play on it a bit as well, because at the beginning, obviously, uh, Kirk saves Spock's life and Spock, like, grasses him up, for want of a better word, and all that. Uh, and the development of their friendship is brilliant, and I think it kind of does inspire Spock, not just from his relationship with the horror, but his, his relationship with Kirk. He really does, like I, I sort of said before, bring out his um, human side. Um, and the fact that it can be quite dangerous to bring out your human side, particularly if you're a big, powerful Vulcan with an amazing run fringe. Um, but I, 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 I was human. a fan of the scene, of the, of the, the Kirk and Spock death scene. Good. Sorry, John. Uh, the human part of uh, Spock isn't the bad one, is it? The violent one is the unfettered Vulcan that yeah, hasn't applied yeah. his logic. Yeah, that's that's true. But, but the, I suppose the emotion is always the key there, and we associate the inability to regulate that emotion with his with his human side. I think hmm. for me, like the 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 blood curdling Khan scream felt so much more earned in. No. In this, than it did. But again, some of that I will openly admit is my well, dislike well, of, no. of Shatner's Kirk. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I just, I never really understood it in Wrath of Khan. Like, I, I, it just, like, I was like, he's gone, and you're just like meh. Um, whereas this felt much more like a visceral, a visceral well, cry you, in, the, in a know, moment of because you, well, you didn't know, kind of thing, because you didn't know that that was it or. Kirk no, or no, like, well, I knew that they weren't actually going to kill Kirk off, particularly because it was echoing. Spock's death. Tribble, and, um, tribble, tribble, and tribble, tribble. And to be fair, I didn't think of it when we originally saw the tribble, but as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, tribble. Um, but, and again, the, the fight scene made much more sense because it wasn't Kirk being superhuman. It was the fact that we'd got a superhuman versus a Vulcan and there is some logic there in him being able to hold his own hold better. Sorry, the scream, for me, it just didn't come across well. It just seemed like it was like he's in a. It was a bit embarrassed to say it. I don't know if anyone else seemed to pick that up, but I seemed to. Yeah. What do you mean? You thought yeah. that as well? Don't it you? felt stupid. It yeah. felt like it felt like it's like like Darth Vader's no. It's just like oh, stop oh, doing right. that shit films. 
Stop doing that. But shit. that's how yeah. I felt about Wrath of Khan, so, you know. The whole film well, just because of that show. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, no, but, like, I, oh, I mean, particularly that scream in Wrath of Khan. I just, like, I didn't, like, my nose were just full of why. Why is Kirk... Why, why is Kirk screaming Khan's name after he's gone? Like, he's gone. It's, it's, what are you it's doing? Even, it's even worse when it's done redone in this one because it's clearly done as a pastiche of... Or in... A, homage. A, an homage of that first one. And, that, like, that seems like it takes you out of the film a little bit. Unnecessarily. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, I, I, like, I, I think for me, though, it felt much more like an emotional cathartic... Or, like, a, a, a an emotional pinnacle to what had been, like, a, a traumatic thing. Whereas, like... Kirk Stop was fighting him, and then he. Well, like when Kirk was fighting on, fighting him, and then he left, and then he was like, "Oh, like old man shaking his fist." We're not, re- we're not fist reviewing that like... film. We're not reviewing that film. Okay. Oh, oh, I've written here. Oh, Kronos Klingons. Ooh. <laughs> I was, I was, Ooh. What did you think of the, these Klingons? They're very disco, they aren't they? Very disco and cool. I quite like the the. There was a very brief, a brief. Yeah, it should be a big thing having Klingons, shouldn't it, in Star Trek any time? But I quite liked it. it. Was just like they were there, just to be there. These early Klingons and there, and I thought they looked pretty cool as well. They were they were a bit sort of in between, maybe uh, the uh, next generation and uh, Discovery Klingons. I noticed they were hairless, so they must have been at war as well. Or so, preparing yeah. for war. Are preparing for war, yeah, which they probably were with Bad Roll Max trying to what kill everything. What a retcon that was, yeah. <laughs> Andrea? I, th- I think I touched on this when we, we looked at sort of Star Trek, like 2009, um, but it, it does feel like refreshingly like relevant that Uhura can actually like speak some other languages. Um, and I'm trying to think, which I'm pretty sure there is a scene in a film where they're trying to communicate with Klingons and pretend to be Klingon, and they've got like a book. Like they've got the Klingon dictionary out, like and just trying to like <laughs> articulate these words. And you think, well, like why would you employ someone and make them your main communication people if they can't speak any of your enemies? Like what is the point? It's just like it's that space secretary thing again, isn't it? So it was quite nice to think like actually like that makes sense. Like that sounds like an actual job where you would be on the bridge, like doing so rather than just like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure which film is it? It's I'm undiscovered sure country. Got Undiscovered country. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Michelle yeah. Nichols absolutely did not want to do the scenes where I think she said she, if she's a communicator, a translator, she would know how to speak Klingonese or Klingon, mm-hmm. I should say. And uh, she, and the, the, she was overruled. And this is sort of like uh, a comeback, to, uh, a callback to that to but, say, look, this character does know how to speak. But why did they yeah. have an actual hardback book as well? Are there no computers on the ship? Like, did you not know that all Starfleet captains love physical books? It's like a thing. I mean, I could, you could go on Amazon and buy one for £7.98, delivered tomorrow, a book on Klingon, because I nearly did it the other day, and I would never use it. So, um, But I think I think Ahura is absolutely mint. Um, and I think we should see her more. I wasn't keen on, um, I'll be honest with you, um, I don't know what your thoughts on this or if I'm allowed to say, I wasn't that keen on um, uh, Marcus Lady one. Um, oh, and I'll tell you why, because you, particularly now, you put in my head that if they did cast the bad role as a woman and it was a son um, and it was that kind of dynamic. It wouldn't have had to be a son. It could have been no, no, a mother I and daughter. No, I know, no, no, I know it could have been. I know it could have been, but I just thought that was actually much more interesting dynamic. Uh, in my head and I was sort of playing that through and who would play the parts and things like that um, but yeah I, I don't know why I just didn't 
I, and it's not disrespect to the actress because I thought she was very good, but I just think she was there just to be pretty. No, you were well, saying yeah, before yeah, about the part the... was non-existent. The part was yeah. to be related to her dad and yeah. say that was the a... odd, vaguely intelligent thing. Yeah, so, it was a shame. That, that again, what uh, Andrea just said, it was uh, Lindsay just said it was just something to do with the fact that <laughs> Marcus. Shush, will you? Right. It's just something to do with the fact they needed somebody on the bridge to be able to stop uh, Marcus, Admiral Marcus, from uh, blasting, yeah. blasting it up. And that was the only reason Alice Eve's character was there. Bless her. But yeah, no, she's she definitely a good, she's a good actress. And it's just a shame that she wasn't maybe utilised a little bit better. Andrea? See, I feel like she pulls an awful lot of Kevin the Teenager faces. Like if you watch, she does a lot of things. Oh, so unfair. Like she, she just has like I don't know. She just she, she comes across. I'm sure it, it was intentional, but like it's just like irritating to me. It's like oh please stop doing those Kevin the teenager faces. Like it's so unfair. Um, stop being bratty. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily the, the sort of actress's fault. I suspect she's been kind of told to kind of play the 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 admiral's sort of slightly spoiled favoured daughter. Um, no, that's true. And we don't know. There may have been more te- like there may have been more dialogue like on the cutting room floor, but it yeah. it's it, it's pretty rubbish. Like right, the two oh, most uh, uh, the two most memorable sorry. scenes with that. Oh, sorry, two most memorable scenes with her is of course the undressing scene and the other one, which which are sort of stood out, which brings out how bad Khan uh, uh, really is. Is when he goes and breaks a leg. Right, so I was just that was the only two standout scenes for. Her. So, so I suppose the question is, and why is that more traumatizing? Because she happens to be an attractive girl wearing a skirt, like. Well, I think that's a leg broken. Just standout scene. I've got. I, I tell you what, we're going to do. I, I want to actually. This is being played on my mind a little bit because not irrelevant of what days you think about. I want to know who you would recast. So, if you were going to recast, say the main, the main male characters in Star Trek, the original series, I want to know who you would cast. Have you ever thought about this? Well, uh, sorry, we need we need clarity. Like, at which point are we recasting them? Are we recasting them with like generations, or are we recasting no, no, them? No, the... no. If you were to recast this film with the main cast playing women, who would you do? Who would you put in? So Jim Kirk, Spock. Um, but I'll just leave you to think about this. We'll continue the review. Obviously, Bones, um, Sulu, uh, Chekhov, Scotty, them six. Andrew's got an idea. Oh, just, is it just while sort of Lindsay's formulating the, this yeah. cast list? Because um, can't wait. Um, it's just gonna be a list of my favourite actresses, really. I'm just gonna throw <laughs> that in there. It's fine. I want to know. I, I feel like even more so than in the last film, Scotty is so consigned to like the comic relief with his little oh, mate, yeah. and I don't dislike that. <laughs> um, but like, it is those two are like just like. Like the, the little comic duo that kind of sort of trot in and say something daft, um, potentially do something useful. So it's not like they don't get anything to do at all. Um, but it does very much seem that. And I think even to an extent, I think like when you think about sort of Simon Pegg's involvement, particularly as the films went on, I, I feel like he's almost cast himself as like, oh, I'm a comedy actor. So I'll like, I'm going to play up to this That's extra. Scotty. Yeah, it does. For me, it does work. I don't know if it's because I'm Simon Pegg bias completely am but I, I do think it is nice that he just plays this kind of bit of comic relief and daftness but kind of still knows what he's doing roughly it, make, it makes the moments where he's doing it serious seem a bit less so yeah I know, I know what you mean and also just Deep Roy is just amazing in everything I love Deep Roy I have to say like I wrote it, I wrote in my notes that Scotty Ooh. is better in this film 
like he does get worse again <laughs> but to begin with when he's actually doing engineering oh. stuff like he is an actual engineer and it's fine like he then ends up drunk in a bar and i was like oh this is the scotty from number one that I, like from the first film that i wasn't loving but yeah but if you, oh, I'm just going to say, if if you do lose your job, most of the time you do end up in a pub somewhere. They've been drinking away your sorrows. Oh, <laughs> sound like a man there, voice of experience. That's uh, okay. Andrea? I think potentially, I think without that little bit of sort of light relief, they are quite, they're quite heavy, quite serious films, aren't they? They're even yeah. sort of, you don't even get those odd, like, because like, Kirk's much more serious, I think in this sort of iteration so you you don't even even so much get that like i don't know i, th- I think tonally i think it probably needs that little bit of silly just to because bones bones Bourne, does his bits of comedy but he's quite a serious he's quite a serious carl urban again there it's not a character like there's no real character there it is just a string of him being outraged at nonsense and making jokes <laughs> it's, about a, it's, a string, it's a string of old you know dr mccoy yeah. Lines basically. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I, I felt for him. Like I, again, we'll talk about this. Obviously, I'm, we, we'll, I'm not we'll sure he was the best. Film, I'm not sure he was the best casting for that either. I, well, I like him as I like him in the first oh, film, dear. but this doesn't. He, like, he, but seems, I think that's more... he seems he seems too handsome and hunky for the Doctor, who's always like doing like what he does. Nothing it's wrong Hollywood. with hunky. hunky. I'm not it's saying Hollywood. there is, but I'm saying he's... Oh, yeah, forget it. Are you it's saying Hollywood. he's just the eye candy and he's, like, not got no purpose? Cause... Well, I don't know. I just don't, <laughs> I don't see Dr. McCoy as that attractive, but, hey, it's just my opinion. I don't know. D. Forrest Kelly's pretty... He's, he's got, he has got them Hollywood sort of twinkle in his eye. Um, right, I'm going to go quick fire around the table, so I'll get your comments ready. Uh, Sucky's looking in prime position. I'm going to go to John. John, give us your final little comments and thoughts, my friend. I wrote notes all the way until about the 15th minute when I thought, fuck it, this is really quite <laughs> unexpectedly boring. Um, Fair enough. I, I don't know whether it's just like... I knew what I was getting with this film and it just went on a little bit long, I thought, as well. Looked nice. Uh, and there was some character progression from Kirk for the last film. Uh, and the relationship, which was front and centre, was the Spock and Kirk one was relatively well done, but it did have too many stupid plot things for it to be any way really enjoyable, to be honest. That's, that's yeah, enough. that's it. Well, it's just I think you just enjoyed it maybe for what it was, just a bit of a action film, you know, a daft action film, really. Um, but, yeah, uh, Andrea? Um I really like the concept, and I know it's not new to this film as such, but I like the concept of that crew being hidden in those torpedoes. And yes, if you know what's coming, as soon as those weapons that were unidentified appear on screen, you're thinking, yeah, I know what's in there. Um, But I think if you didn't know that, if you're not that familiar with sort of what's gone before, I think that's a really good, like, sort of plot device. And I still think, even though I knew what was coming, I think they did that quite well. Um, in sort of in the in sort of in terms of the way they kind of introduced that idea, and I think the scene with Bones disarming one of them, they take him because he's got steady hands. Um, I think that was quite a nice little scene, like a fun little scene. Um, I think that the sort of the oldie spot cameo, um, it's quite low key. Um, it's a little bit of fun service, um, but um, I was still pleased they didn't ignore his sort of presence in this universe. And, and you might want to like realistically, if you have yourself, but who's lived a long time, um, you might want to ask those those questions it did give me it did give me shivers like it kind of added a bit more serious 
just to, for the casual view, viewer of who Khan was, the fact that he just, you know, I did love the way he said, look, I can't tell you anything, but, and then he goes on to tell you about Khan. I was like, wow, yeah, it, that was a shiver down my spine. It was that sort of like, did you just win? And it's like yeah, a great cost. And you like, you you're basically yeah. like talking about your own death, which is, is quite a surreal conversation, I suppose. Yeah. Also, yeah. you don't want to tell you kind of your present or your other self that like, yeah, but I died and you might as well. So um, I think it was well done, but it, it was a little bit of fun service, I thought. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I think I've covered most of my um, most of my points, I think. Is the, is the Prime Directive really a good idea? In the situation uh, that they put on the planet, you know, in that situation where everybody's going to get killed, you are willing to let people die to preserve some well, sort of destiny thing that really realistically isn't real and their destiny think, is to have fucking aliens visit them because they're there i think it's I, I know what you mean but i think it's kind of like natural course isn't it so but is it a natural the natural course is that you've rocked up there in a spaceship no i mean they shouldn't no. if, there's, if there's such a thing as prime directive don't fucking go there in the first place with your massive spaceship like yeah don't um, fucking go there in the first place but they do yeah that's so that, yeah, that's yeah, already yeah. broken the prime directive in my in my mind how it should be it's a, it's a gray area john that prime directive oh hang on so i suppose if he's kind of extra extrapolated to kind of our situation it's a bit like saying if there was a particular piece of technology in a country of the world that would help people who were facing some kind of natural disaster and save their lives. Like, they haven't got that technology, so we shouldn't help them. It's it almost it, like, yeah, I can kind it feels of... Very, it feels very right-wing so in some way, because, like, yeah, well, let them, they don't have our stuff, we're not giving it to them but, until they develop their own stuff. Isn't the Prime Directive there to stop you influencing, influencing yeah. that yeah, society? Right, yeah. if you turn up, you but could do it surreptitiously behind the scenes and everything. What I'm asking no, is, is it right to do that? Well, I'm going to say no, John, because you said it's right wing, so therefore I'm completely against it. Straight away. Yeah, but you also have to remember that we went to um, modernise countries we felt were less uh, less well developed, and we most often brought war and pestilence. Um, and I think I, I think that's the idea of why why um, the prime directive comes from like you don't know what you're going to do like that 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 civilization could evolve to be much more remarkable than anything in the federation currently but colonizing it and possibly giving them all your bugs they're not, they're not that's not what yeah you're extrapolating you're, you're going on but that's why the prime directive exists like that's I the fundamental purpose believe, of the prime directive i i don't believe so i think well, i don't think that's right to do it that way maybe that's but but thinking. but but I think the intention is to stop it from feeling like a colonization force. Well, like they don't, they don't to, just go it, to less well off or less well developed countries and take over. Going someplace and helping them and making sure this mountain doesn't explode or whatever, then you know, go and do it up front. Don't be weird about it. Their well, destiny is already written in the fact that this volcano has erupted, so you're already breaking that. I think it might have been the reference to it being destiny. Their destiny. That I think is could have been no sense. could have been just a writing thing. Maybe I don't know. Could have been. I think it's an interesting but yeah, question, but I, th I think that's where it comes from. It's it's to try and avoid the federation yeah, being a colonizer. I, I know where it comes from, but I'm saying I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. move on. No, you, yeah, it's a good one, Andrew. Have you, um, have you have you exhausted the uh, 
I'm just, I'm just being wary of getting into that alien interference debate just because I had a kid who would like at least kind of three or four times a week sit down in my office to tell us how aliens built the pyramids. And it's like, yeah, you've, you've described this to us several times this week already. I'm, I'm not really sold. Um, so I, I'm going to shy away from further debate on that subject. I feel like I've debated till I've got nothing left. Did you not say Egyptians built the pyramids? Because you might have just misheard him. No, he was definitely convinced that aliens are, right, uh, amongst aliens. other conspiracy theories. Um, that, that was his favourite, though. Ah. Um, it's okay. You, sorry, so you are expent, Andrea. Apologies. I, am, your notes. I, am, I am spent and empty. Excellent. It's okay. Do you care to furnish with, with some of your final comments and thoughts, please? From your big so, book. Uh, I'm going to apologise right in the because my internet just went down, so I might have missed a lot of what... No, you haven't missed anything. Right. Uh, I did like the fact, uh, the way the Enterprise actually did uh, come out of the sea, all the water dripping off. It was quite yeah, a magnificent thing. And I think a lot of that was done to the fact, uh, because this film was going to be shown in 3D. Uh, so there's loads of scenes of people falling towards the camera or falling away from the camera because it was shot on normal IMAX uh, cameras, and then uh, it was uh, converted to a 3D uh, film. Like, because this is all the craze at that sort of time. There was a lot of 3D, 3D uh, films at the time. I'm not a fan of 3D. Uh, I did like uh, Peter Weller as Admiral Marcus, right? Uh, the original Robocop. He's just, just chewing the scenery. Yeah. Just a big bad person, right? And I, I liked the way he actually uh, did uh, his scenes. Uh, Do you know what, Sucky? You've just uh, now uh, I've just realised where I know him from, and it's Robocop. Thank yeah. you for that. Robocop. I was tra- racking my brain. There was a uh, little nods to the history of Star Trek within the whole thing. There's like the photon torpedoes were all uh, developed by Section Thirty One. Uh, Christine Christine Chapel was mentioned. Uh, the mud incident, which was uh, uh, the how they managed to get the ship the. Uh, so I quite enjoy uh, all these little references that they just stuck into the film. Uh, and there was like a homage to um, uh, Empire Strikes Back where the spaceship has to fly vertically. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. through a little fissure. And so they, they uh, reused it in this. There's a, a red shirt called Cupcake. Uh, it was just called Lieutenant Cupcake. And this is know. refers back to... The, the original actor coming back from the first Star Trek film. Cupcake. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he was called Cupcake in that. So instead of giving him a proper name, he was called Cupcake in this film. <laughs> but, which is, you know, it's a nice thing. Uh, other than that, there ain't much more else. Oh. Cool. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Done. Lovely. Oh, uh, right, Lindsay. I've got two important questions for you. One, I want you to empty your tank relatively quickly because I want to, more importantly, hear who you've recast in the Star Trek for uh, the alternate, um, the the alternate timeline of who we've if we recast the the cast as women. Okay. So give me your final thoughts first. Uh, we'll, get a final, we'll start with final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts, even. Um, they, I do not like their uniforms they look like chauffeurs the hats there's a lot of silly hats in this film what do you mean the this the, the dress sort of smart the dress uniform yeah they look yeah. like chauffeurs it's not a good look um <laughs> so kirk calls spock pointy which is a racial slur and a problem um is it is it is it because it's fiction isn't it 
But uh, yeah, I suppose if it wasn't fiction, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. it, 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 it's not great. Um, it's not the end of the world, but it's not great. Um, the ethics of mind melds, I always think, is an interesting one. Spock just went in there and felt somebody else's death. I don't know that I would want somebody else in my head what, while you, I was dying. You mean the can bit kind of thing? Or... No, no, when Pike oh, no, was no. Because I was going to say, what about? I thought it was quite interesting. I don't think we've ever seen it being used as a weapon. And obviously, we can't be so powerful. He was pulling out all the Vulcan tricks, wasn't he, at the end? And he I have less issues with that. That's like yeah, scraping was... your nails down somebody's no, I just, face. I just, I just, I just thought it was quite a cool idea. That was all. Um, but yeah, when he's when um, Pike's dying, it, like, I was like, what are you doing? Are we going to end up with like Pike inside your head? Is that what we're doing here? But no, it was just oh, sharing like what death is like for a human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not his greatest moment. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the input, John. I'm not going to say that. just anything. popped into the podcast there because that was definitely <laughs> a bad post noise. I can acknowledge, like, if 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 Pike wasn't aware that it was happening. Then perhaps it's a different thing. Or like, if if Spock had prefaced it to say that he was attempting to comfort what, the him to this dying person. No, no, no. Prefaced um, it when he was talking about having done it and explained that he had done it as an attempt at comfort. Yeah. To let somebody not... know that they weren't alone. Like I, yeah. that would have sat better with me. But that's not how he describes. Is it. that not culturally what is 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 that not referenced previously in Star Trek? That being a thing that they do. Well, possibly. But I think again, that, that's what I thought. That's what I assumed as well. It was kind of a last rites kind of thing, but mentally, like just giving comfort to dying. Hmm. I just like it feels slightly odd, like giving last rites to somebody who doesn't share your, like yeah, I, I, it's kind yeah. of odd. or he was melded in order to make sure he had as much information as he could possibly have. That's the way I saw it. Visibly, the situation they were in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like there, there are. Re- yeah. Anyway, it's not the end of the, the world. Eth- it just it, ethics of it. The ethics of it are always it. interesting. I think whenever there's a mind meld. Yeah. And um, I liked it, as well, but I did like its weapon. That was pretty cool. I didn't really think about that until you mentioned mind meld, Lindsay. Let's get this tank emptied. Um. So we've already made quick reference to the scene where um McCoy accidentally tri- or somebody triggers the the missile. Um, it felt very much like minefield from Enterprise, but done less well because obviously it didn't have that much time spent on it. I love minefield. One of my oh, favourite yeah, episodes, yeah. Uh, mostly because it involves Malcolm Reed and a lot of angsty goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, and again, so speaking of other things that are referenced, do we not get almost identical space diving scenes in season two of Discovery when Pike and Michael yeah, are like diving? It's, thing. it's like it's, the third one by that time. But it's, it's almost yeah, identical. Like I was so yeah, struck yeah. by like how close it yeah. was. I think he um, just loves that shit. And it also, it's exciting action, isn't it, as well? It is quite a sort of, uh, you know, edgy, it's edgy it's a, kind of It's action. video game film yeah. stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and it was done very well in both circumstances, but like it did feel very Yeah, no, similar. no. I, I thought, I'd, I did think actually this time I've seen this before. So, yes, it, um, it was it. I love the seatbelts. The seatbelts are very sensible. We are pro seatbelts. <laughs> Um, what on earth is HQ and or the Earth Defence whatever doing while all of these ships are just falling out of the sky? Like, I feel like somebody should maybe have like thrown a torpedo at them or like rallied something to try and like do something or evacuate say, or something. Want, well, well, if you think about it, the the main man is is Admiral Marcus, who's in charge of the whole thing. So That's I imagine he ship. is. 
isn't it? I was going to say, it also, it's his ship, and also, I imagine he manipulated all of this, so it took away the focus from him. I don't know, Lindsay, but I'm just surmising that that might be... No, I know, but, like, it was just one of those questions when you're like, like, who, who's on duty? Like, are they having a conversation about this? Is there any, like... I don't know what you could really do to stop it from... It's a big lump of metal, but, like. they, Yeah, they might be on an extended fag break. You could also so, say that because most of the senior crew were all being blasted by Harris uh, Khan earlier on in the film, there might be just all the, only have trainee crew on some of these... Uh, trainee captains, yeah. yeah so the, well, the they, well, they only really had captains and, and first officers. They were out there looking for Khan, I suppose, weren't they? That was their orders. Yeah, yeah, but like I would like to think there are more than one admiral. More, more better Earth defences. Yeah, anyway, never mind. It was cool. a thought. Um... Oh, the hazmat suit robots. So, like, I was generally impressed with the quality of medical background going on. I was, I was excited. I liked, <laughs> I liked the Civilian Royal Children's Hospital and their like swanky IV things. I thought they were quite fun. Um, and then at the end, when like Kirk is obviously like being treated, they have like these two, and I don't know whether they are like super exciting hazmat suits or they are in fact robots designed to deal with radiation and stuff. But I quite enjoyed those. Those were fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are like the big ones. I think that's the, the the big stuff. Um, right. Would you well, like big, my yes, please. casting? Please. W- so this is so Lindsay has now recast uh, the so main Star Trek. I've male kind of crew. done like the main three, and then like some other people I would like to see in it. All right, go um, for it. Let's hear it. So Kirk, I would like Ming Na Wen because she's excellent, um, and she kicks ass. She in? Everything. I, I just I've never heard of her. Mandalorian. Never heard of her. Oh, her. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Ming-Na oh. is the one who has been in literally every Disney yeah. property. She it's probably phenomenal. easier at this point to just name their characters because not all of us know their names. Is she, is she the one, the kick-ass one in uh, Mandalorian? Like, yeah. proper awesome kick-ass. She's the sniper. Yeah. Not the other one that's not Gina Carano. I don't know who these people are, but is it, is it the one that's really kick-ass? That's, it's the sniper been, uh, that's with Boba Fett at the end. Right, cool. Yeah, she's awesome. That's a great shout. Okay, so yeah. Ming Na Wen as uh, Kirk. Um, I would like uh, Phoebe Willerbridge as Spock. I think that. I was going to say Phoebe Willerbridge has to be in this, and she is, and uh, that's a great choice of of Spock. And I would like Olivia Coleman as Bones. Yeah, I think she can Olivia be sarky and she's funny, and I quite enjoy her. Um, yeah, and then as Scotty and or other people around, I'm just going to throw in Maggie Smith and Judy Dench because they never go wrong. Um, For anything. Yeah. Just because reasons. So it's, a, it's a bold move to have them two not being the captain in the second role. I know, but I love it. Yeah. I think I like, I'm quite excited about it. Um, I'm excited about this movie now. It's great. Um, what about you? What about your check off and your Sulu? I, that's as far as I got. You didn't give me that much time to work. No, I didn't. Um, I didn't. But that, like, I'm sure I could come up with a full cast list if you would like. And I also need to what? pick like my one token man to be Uhuru. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Because you know. I think we should, know it's going to we should be get listeners to, to suggest some uh, <laughs> some alternate fan castings. So. Yeah. Well, I feel like I, if I, I'm I allowed like to use like people this. who have already been in Star Trek, I feel like Jason Isaacs should probably be Uhura. <laughs> I was going to say it'd be definitely someone's eye candy kind of element. Maybe she, maybe he could be uh, Jason Ma- I, um, Marcus character that's in this film. Um, I feel like, like not the bad guy who gets killed the first thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> gonna say, yeah, t um, what's her name? I can't pronounce her name, but Captain Kirk lady. Ming Yeah, it turns around and sees Jason Isaacs with his top off. You guys won't be complaining, that's for sure. Um, cool. I like that, Lindsay. That was good. Yeah, if any listeners want to write in with their alternate castings of, of the original series uh, cast, that would be quite fascinating. I do. I like stuff like this. Uh, anyway, it's time for us to put some lights out of this. How many lights you see? Yeah. Oh! I asked how many lights you see. Lights out of five. Let's put some scores on this badger. Suki, give me your lights out of five, please. Uh, it wasn't good. Well, no, it was okay. It wasn't crap, though, so it's going to be middle of the road three out of five. That's not bad. Steady away. Uh, Lindsay? Um, I would have given it a solid four and a half out of five. However, I am docking a further half point because women do exist. Uh, so, yeah, four out of five. Four. That's pretty strong, though, considering. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, John. I'm going two and a half to balance out, Lindsay. <laughs> Brilliant. That's great. So we've got three from Sucky, a strong four from Lindsay, and a 2.5 from you, Andrea. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Um, I think it's okay. I think it's decent. I think it's watchable. Um, I don't super, super love it, so I think three and a half. Right. Um... Do you know what? You've kind of put me off this film a bit. I'd have given it a five straight out of the blocks. Um, but no, I'm going to stick with my five. I fucking love this film, and I love the last one. Um, so, yeah, I can see it's, it's foibles. I'm a very, I'm a very uh, what's the word? Bleary, not bleary, that's the wrong word. But, you know, but I, I just love these, both these films. So, yeah, five from me. Anyway, enough what we think. It's find out what you think. It's listeners' feedback. Well, you've heard what we think, so let's find out what you guys think uh, in listeners' feedback. John, I'm coming to you first, my friend, please. Chris Lawrence says, just a quick bit of feedback first of first of what a relief it is to be finally have a UK-based Star Trek podcast, oh. or at least a new one, and I'm glad I found you. I'm already trawling your back catalogue. There's a lot of filth in there. <laughs> well, what can I say about, yeah, well, what can I say about Into Darkness? It was certainly a long time coming. The gap between that and 09 seemed for ages and made me wish for the two-year gap between films, a la, again, a la TOS era, or Bond movies of old. The story was good, though a few months prior, I'd read a spoiler post, which at the time gave away all the beats, even down to the Spock calling Spock chat. But I surely thought it was fake. So come opening night, I went to my local Odeon to what was near empty 8pm showing and sat down and I was blown away with the opening, which had already leaked online with it cutting at Spock doing the sacrifice pose. You could see the budget. Seeing Mickey away from Rose was a treat, but alas, Sherlock, no John Harrison had other ideas. As it went along, the story proceeded along and the effects were definitely improved. It's just sad that the Holy Trio were once again split up and McCoy was sidelined with only his triple info dump scene and a few wry lines to lighten the mood. Oh, and uh, by the way, did you know Harrison was Khan? Who knew, right? I could go on, but I'll let you uh, get on. Keep up the nice work and it's good to know the wilderness years where you'd be ashamed to be a Star Trek fan behind us. And we have a team like you making the world brighter every show. LLAP, oh. thank you very thank you. much. Yeah, ah. thanks, Chris. That's really nice. 
Yeah, that's lovely. Um, I've got Ben P. Uh, ben MP, sorry. Um, Spock and Kirk trading places from the original Star, uh, Star Trek II sequence was dumb, and I guessed that the mysterious Cumberbatch character was Khan when I saw the trailer. It's not amazing. Um, the, thir- the, the third in this series of films was excellent, and the only one that I felt that, that felt trekked to me. Thank you very much, Ben. Lindsay. Um, so Jack McMorrow, lots of spoilers are plenty. This is possibly the definition of a film being the notoriously difficult second album. Very much action like 2009 had, but unlike 2009, no actual substance until the film wholesale rips the Wrath of Khan at the end. Even the death of James Kirk serves no purpose in the film. If it was just given a treatment one step away from JR in the shower just minutes later. Um, at least there was a good gap between Spock's death in Star Trek 2... Um, and his resurrection at the end of three. No such luck here. I bought Kirk being a suspended cadet captaining the new flagship in 2009, but this is set sometime after. Am I really supposed to believe that Starfleet had no other people who could captain the Enterprise apart from the one-time Jack Ryan? Decent film is Jack Ryan, by the way. <laughs> Your chief engineer up sticks and his replacement is the young helmsman who doesn't specialise in engineering. Um, he doesn't even have the t- shirt yet, um, but you know who, where has lots of budding chiefs. Hint, it's the barely disguised, uh, sorry, the barely disguised Budweiser factory. Maybe leave check off to what he's proven himself really good at. Seriously, Starfleet not really getting how the command structure works in the JJ verse, but it shouldn't bug me but it does. Um, being controversial, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Served him once in um, once in my old job. Uh, his then fiance stank of cigarettes. I think he was a fine addition to the cast, but di- why did he need to be can? Because of this, I just cannot get past the charge of uh, this film whitewashing a role previously made it excellent by a Mexican actor. And for what? BC proved he'd be fine in the film, even if the thin disguise of John Harrison had lasted the entire run of the film, I'd have enjoyed it more. Overall, while it's a shame to do this, I give Star Trek Into Darkness two lights out of five. However, if you can, please give a read to the series of comics which came out alongside this film called Star Trek Khan. I haven't done so since about 2013, but I remember them being quite excellent and frankly more so than this movie. Sorry to be so negative, Star Trek and Doctor Who uh, can essentially be boiled down to the be nice to others. I just think this film is particularly all thought out. Um, Sorry, is it a particularly ill thought out one with logicals you can drive a bus through? Very enough. And breathe. Thanks, Jack. Uh, It's okay. We've got... Cliff, uh, Shepstein Dive, and he's put, I was really looking forward to this film. Plus, having Benedict Cum- Cucumber in it, you think it be a belter. But it's a lot of CGI effects and not much substance. The cast is great, but just the writing isn't. It's a watch and forget popcorn movie, but a f- bit of fun. Two out of five lights. Cheers, Cliff. Harsh, Sheps. Harsh. Uh, Andrea? So I've got Lockdown Librarian um, at Far From Hope 5. There were many missteps in writing and production of this film, not the least of which was J.J. Abrams' insistence that they were not doing Star Trek II when they were indeed redoing Star Trek II. The film and even the revamped story had much potential that went unrealised. 
Cumberbatch was brilliant, but the script wasn't. The uber-militarisation of Starfleet came out of nowhere and could have worked better in a different later film if given some lead up in this story, while focusing on a different, more interesting plot for John Watts' name, Khan. Overall, this movie just makes me nostalgic for Star Trek 2009, and I am forever grateful that Simon Pegg got us another instalment. Uh, there's there also a follow-up to that, uh, a bit later on. She put it. Oh, later, which oh was I, the... sorry. I also give this three-point frozen Sherlock's out of five, stolen from our Deb. Apparently, thank you, lockdown librarian John. Uh, the human palindrome at Matt Cockrum, our friend, says rather disappointing after the excitement of the first movie. Bizarre casting of Benedict Cumberbatch's Khan. I can only assume that Sir Sucky of Kark was unavailable when the filming dates had been locked in. True. Mm. Thanks. So I went with a cheaper you, option, as I put there. Yeah, can imagine <laughs> you getting your acting chops around that sucky. Uh, right, Dave from the Doctor Who show, Dave Kitchen. I really like the other new uh, new Trek films, but this is a disaster. Total mess of a plot, trying to live live off past glories, but totally missing the point. As for Cumberbatch, um, is he is he even in the same movie as the others? Loud, over the top, and even and even even worse than usual. Worst Trek movie ever. Wow. Well, thanks, Dave. Uh, I come to Lindsay next, I believe. Oh, Dave also did follow that up by saying, hmm, I forgot Nemesis for a moment, second worst. <laughs> Fair enough, Dave. Uh, Lindsay? Yeah, so I have uh, Tom Turlow. Um, the first new Star Trek film was excellent. Sadly, the wheels, or should that be nacelles, came off pretty much straight after that. Star Trek Into Darkness is visually impressive. They clearly chucked a shed load of money at it, but it is a disjointed, incoherent mess. I can barely remember the plot. It's that forgettable. There's something about Robocop and a secret high-tech ship and Mickey from Doctor Who makes an appearance, but that's about the full extent of it. Benedict Cumberbatch is woefully miscast as Khan. He's a good actor, but he doesn't have the larger-than-life charisma of, of Ricardo Montalban. Uh, the film tried to replicate the feel of Wrath of Khan, including the inverted replay of, our fav- of a favoured death scene, but it fails. And then there's Alice Eve, stripping down to her underwear for no good reason. Don't get me wrong, I'm as sleazy, lecherous as the next man, assuming the next man is Bob, but it's a, so gratuitously unnecessary, it just feels awfully out of place. Uh, the Kelvin universe had such potential and could have been the setting for some fun, exciting adventures. Sadly, all the momentum from the first film was immediately squandered with the second. The franchise never recovered two lights out of five. Tom, I am mortally wounded and offended by that slur. <laughs> I think he's got the measure of you, but we'll move on. I loved it. Thank you, Tom. Uh, we have uh, Sucky, you next with the next reading, please. We've got Adep and Adep is put. So what did I learn from watching Into Darkness? Volcanoes are hot. Don't build hotels next to them or pop inside to visit. Edinburgh is built on a volcano. Proof. Bad move. Leather jackets are cool, but leather locker is still the coolest. <laughs> this was co-written by Alex Kurtzman, and he was only sacked seven times. So I did watch it when it was first out and didn't remember much. The first arms... First half seemed slow, although I remember being shocked when Mickey blew himself up, and I gasped when Sherlock said he was con. But by the end of watching, I remembered. By the end of watching, I remembered. I felt the same excitement as I did the first time. I was gripped. Negatives: No experiments on triples, guys. That's not cool. The Spock Kirk switch is great, but there there just isn't the emotional connection with these two that the originals had. Uh, they don't have the history. 
The women seem like an afterthought. Why did it take so long to ask Carol about the missiles? They kept going on about them, and I was screaming, you have a weapons expert, ask her. And Uhura beaming down to say Spock felt like the writers had suddenly remembered she was in the cast. Sherlock went a bit evil at times, and I felt I should be shouting behind you and looking out for Widow Twanky's <laughs> warptastic laundrette. Um, positives, Sherlock looked hot. Tim from Space was funny. Leather jackets. Emotional Spock was so well done. Unbelievable. Zachary Quintel plays Spock brilliantly with the speech patterns and intonations. Leonard Nimoy, it was exciting in the end. 3.5 frozen genetically altered Sherlock's out of five. Up from Deb. Cheers, Deb. Thanks, Deb. Uh, finally, Andrea. Um, I don't know who this person is. Um, Amy. It's Amy. Um, Amy. And I, I've got Kirk's giant bazoombas. I hope that's a Twitter handle. Uh, that is her Twitter <laughs> handle. That's why I put it on Oh, I wish. Is that really a Twitter handle? That's yeah. amazing. Nice one, Amy. Um, not my favourite. In fact, the worst of the Kelvin trilogy, in my opinion. Benedict Cumberbatch is a fantastic actor who was totally wasted in this role. With all due respect to Ricardo Montalban as well, Khan is supposed to be of Indian descent and they couldn't get that basic detail correct for this iteration. There was a comic book tie-in released much later that explains why Khan is white dude, but that shouldn't be necessary and it's kind of icky. Additionally, the crew does not have the connection with Khan or with each other that they had in the original series and films. So the ending scene with Kirk and Spock doesn't have the same emotional weight that it did in the prime timeline. I do enjoy the scene where Spock chases down and beats the shit out of Khan though. Bomb. Thank you, Amy. Uh, what, what? Can I? Sorry, God's okay. I've just got to go back to this bit back Khan and his origins and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't right. know. Right, Khan is his first name. Singh is his final name. Right, so that's why I'm getting. That's why I've now thought about it and I thought about it. Yeah, Khan is a Muslim surname. Singh is a Sikh surname. Right, so he mm. comes from that uh, Punjab area because that's where a lot of Muslims and Sikhs. Probably were all there. North India, like basically, as, as um, Lindsay did say. Right. So I, say, I read it on Wikipedia, so yeah, there's no that, guarantee. That's, it's that's right. what I've been looking at now. But then I've also looked at the the fact that I've been calling it. Everybody's been calling him by his first name, which is Khan, which is predominantly uh, a Muslim surname, whereas his surname is Singh, which is predominantly a Sikh surname. Can I ask another question? Well, this is like please don't get me wrong when I say this, but when the, the, I can't remember the, guy, the guy's name. The, the original actor who played him in the in space seed did the darkening skin with yeah. um they did didn't they yeah. make him right okay yeah like i think it's safe to say the casting first time around wasn't excellent it's just yeah. not no, made I, I better would, i would slightly disagree with that it wasn't ethically correct but he was an excellent actor but he was an excellent actor yeah and i think he was cast because he was an excellent actor and he had a foreign accent and then obviously they put the make, uh, slightly darker makeup on him. No, I, I'm just presuming that's yeah, what Yeah, it did. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, like, I, I yeah. think just we, ha get we have on. to. We fucking know this shit. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, when you've been saying it, I wasn't sure what you mean. But now, thank you very much for the explanation. Lovely. It's time to vote for this week's red shirt. I woke up this morning, put on my red shirt. Oh, red shirt time. Sucky, who's your red shirt, please, my friend? I haven't got one, to be honest. And I'm, I just feel like I was a Sucky, bit of... Sucky, you've got a stupid fucking gun. face. 
There you go, bring I'm it on. I'm picking you now just for that. Nice. Yeah. Wants it today, John wants it tonight. No, no. Uh, I'm going to vote for myself you. because I felt... Can't do that. Oh, it's good can't that. Why can't I do that? We've had that. Because it's against no, the rules. No, no, we I'll go on then. I'll vote for John yet. then. I don't give a shit. Ah, why? Because you don't give a shit, you big rebel. No, because he just decided to uh, say something. What did you say? I forgot. I, mean, I think you got a, you got said a big you had a stupid, stupid face, face or Yeah, that was it. Yeah, well done. There you go. That's what it is. Andrea... Well, for once, I can't think of any reasons to nominate Bob this week. I, I can't think of any reason that I would nominate you. Him, I'm wearing, you my best cardigan. I'm wearing my best cardigan. Is this, is this cardigan not make you angry? No, but I feel like I feel like John's left dressing down club and left him alone. <laughs> I, know so he I has. could nominate John, but I'm not going to. The heating's, the heating's come on. I had to take it off. <laughs> I could nominate. Sucky, because like I'm a, just a generic woman host, um, but I'm gonna nominate Lindsay because I feel like she really like hates on Wrath of Khan, and I can't forgive hating on Wrath of Khan, so yeah, I think I that's about that. have to happen. Yeah, I forgot about the first two minutes of the podcast where where Lindsay outed herself by saying this is better than uh, Wrath of Khan. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you uh, still think that right. after we've discussed it, Lindsay? Yeah, I, I think I maybe need to caveat it. I think I enjoyed it more than Wrath of Khan. Yeah, which is fair enough, because she can enjoy it. Well, it's allowed, by the way, Star Trek fans. That is allowed. Um, Lindsay, you vote for your red shirt, please. Yeah, so John made an early and strong bid by using <laughs> International Women's Day as a reason to ask how John felt about the size of his ass. Um, how me, Bob felt. Bob. But sorry, how, yeah, sorry, how Bob felt. I have a name. To I have fair, a name, Lindsay. To be fair, the, it's not actually part of the question that I had. But I also had the Wikipedia page for Into Darkness. It had it there right in front of me, and I just, I just said it. I uh, that's fine. Right. However, John, John, John has beat. Sorry, uh, Bob has in fact beaten John to the post by being the only man on this podcast who thinks it's totally fine to have a scene with a woman in her underwear just because. I did no, but I genuinely mean it. I apologise for actually thinking that that there's a reason for that scene, and that is because of Kirk's development as a character. I didn't even think. Oh, look, she's we've in already the seen him in bed with two aliens. Well, yeah, the two two aliens with tails. Well, two furries almost. To be fair, <laughs> two, yeah, two furries. <laughs> two sisters. It was, it was two twins. Yeah, they got a whole line. That, that's a rarity in this film. They're like, I think that, that, I they're think like they one, one sixth think, of the speaking woman. I think they got one each actually, Lindsay. Oh, um, apologies. And that, and, that, and that was terrific. So. I hadn't properly started counting that early on. <laughs> right, so I've got a red shirt for. But I don't know. I've not even done anything wrong. I don't even think I feel this is a justified red shirt, Lindsay. But thank you, uh, John. John, you've John. Yeah, John, you've not voted, you have you? Uh, it's. Uh, I could basically pick any of you. And all right, Andrea, you're no, you're all right this month. No, 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 you're all right. I can't think of anything bad about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Andrea. he's been fucking reading his phone and. I have been doing the Twitter universe thing. And Lindsay's perfect. So, Bob, it's you. What have I done? For fucking thinking that having Alice Eve stripping is... It's... That is... Even the writer learn, learn that my stupid. friend, learn. Oh, I'm sorry. I should, I should have had a wank or something. I, honestly, I was absolutely fine with it. And thought it was a good plot point. I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry. I should all be... I should be outraged by a woman getting a... A bra on out or whatever. Well, yeah, no, you know, not at all. But only if it's like utterly pointless. There was no fucking well, justification I did see a point. for it. I saw a plot point to it and a character. She was in it. She was in an open place getting undressed in front of a stranger. Like, that's and he turns around. Thing. She told him. Oh, I don't, she did I don't tell mind. Him. I don't mind him turning around. God, he's he's 
He don't care. She, t- she, she, yeah, t- she th- told him to turn away. The thing was, he was in a shuttle. It's probably loud to reflect his surface if he didn't have to turn around. But he just <laughs> All right. Yeah, that what one. voice of a pro. I'll change him to Sucky. Yeah, it's you, Sucky. If, it'd be, if I'd have been her, right, and he'd have turned around and gone, you're welcome. Like, that's what I'd have done. Empowered myself. So, have I got two red shirts now? I don't know. I'm voting for you. Yes. I've got two. I've got two red shirts. Well, Lindsay, I could quite happily vote for you for your... Um, uh, your dislike of Firefly because I keep forgetting about it. Remember about it, it makes me angry. But I do have utter admiration and respect for you coming out with you know that you enjoy this more than the the Roth the can. I, I like that because you know that's it's personal opinion. People are allowed, allowed them apparently. Um, Sucky, I can't vote for Andrea because she's done that wrong this week and uh, this month. And Sucky, for that full leading us down a really boring Top Gear path, I'm voting for you. So I've got two, haven't I? So I'm I'm dead. How would, uh, how would you no, like to No, I think Sinky has also got two, has he not? I've Actually, got two each. I would have had three, because John did say me Then he just, when you said... Oh, that's oh. true. He could have killed Sucky then. Oh well, so it's me and you. So, what, what, how do you want to kill me and Sucky, guys? I want you to. I want you to undress down to your underwear in, behind Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah. I'll turn around and look him in the eyes and go, "You're welcome." I thought uh, we were cool. killing Bob, not Chris Pine. <laughs> no. I don't know. I think we're just killing everyone right now. Oh, uh, in a right. permanent loop of like Sucky being the one stood up and Bob <laughs> undressing, then switch them around, and they have to keep doing that for the rest of time and space. Oh, yeah, then just stand there staring at each other until they die of starvation. Yes. What, I think, what, with, our, with our bras on. <laughs> I think Sookie needs to be like, like just like kept in a caravan that is in the possession of Jeremy Clarkson, James May. <laughs> and and it, it'll just do it itself. We, we don't even need to do anything. We just need to leave that caravan in their care. And I've got a great yeah, but idea. What happens to Bob if I'm in the caravan? I think he needs to be there as well. I've divided separate deaths for you, see. I've got a good combi death for a sucky. We get our hands removed, so we just have stumps, right? And then and then basically we're in a competition whereby we've got to take each, take each other's bras off, uh, but but and if, and we, until we take each other's bras off, we can't eat or drink and we die of malnutrition. I'm pretty sure that was massively ableist. I gotta do so I gotta do something wrong, Lindsay. Apparently. Can't say anything nowadays, can you? Right. That's, that's, oh, that's I'm so sad of all the rubbish men of all time. Oh, fuck's sake. Why have I got an image of Bob trying to remove Sucky's brow with his teeth? I don't want that. That's what I've got in my head as well. I'm thinking what? Make it stop. Just just tug it, Bob. Just tug it. Right, let's move on. The bra. The bra. Don't tug that. The bra do that. Oh, I don't know. Can we move on? Do you know so what? We need, think, to, we need to eat. I, think the, I, I feel like John might be bored with us today. I think for most of the episode, I think the tone's been like relatively like like sensible. For, and I think it's just gone to shit in the last five minutes. So I yeah. think we did well this week. Why don't we punish them by been. having each of them have uh, their... This is the longest punishment hands. so far. <laughs> they have to hold each other's cocks for the end of time. What's that? What's Sorry. Hold each other's cocks. Suddenly I heard cocks. What'd you say? <laughs> will it be will it be warm? Will the temperature be warm, John? That's all know. I'm saying. I don't care. Just no, right. no, I think you can walk around with your hands shoved down each other's pants. That's okay. Like you're allowed <laughs> trousers. You just need to be like, you know. Oh allowed trousers, Bob. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Carry don't on, worry, if, Come even on. if it's a bit nippy, you'll be fine. Anyway, thank you very I'm much for listening. Bob, to... you know, shall we go? 
Yeah, yeah. So we're doing stump, stump, penis hole, bra off, malnutrition, death. Right, cool. Um, anyway, thank you very much indeed for listening. And there's a great Top Gear uh, does says on that bombshell. Uh, we thank you very much and goodbye. Uh, next time we'll be re- reviewing the next, uh, next and final at the moment, uh, third Star Trek film in the Kelvin timeline, uh, which is Star Trek Beyond. Until then, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. Oh, is that music? It's a good choice. Hey, well played. We got no ship. No crew. How are we gonna get out of this one? We will find hope in the impossible. Well, at least I won't die alone. just typical. Let's hope this doesn't get messy. This is where it begins, Captain. This is where the frontier pushes back. What the hell is this? I know why you're here. Why we are all here. Okay, let's never do that again.